How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. When you open them, I will be gone. And welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, how are you doing up, today? Man? I am sensational. How on earth are you doing, Justin? Is your day going better than Zion Williamson's right now? I would say so. I would say That's so. Pretty, Low bar to clear. The bar's beneath the floor, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. But... Even if the bar wasn't low, I probably still would be clearing it just because June is finally upon us. It is. Tis the season for some recruiting talk, and I know that is straight in your wheelhouse, my mm-hmm. man, JT. So, yeah, another fun episode today, some recruiting talk. We're going to yeah. get into some – well, I mean, come on. It's the early June season. Bracketology is what that mm. means. We'll be getting into that mm. a little bit. We'll be talking some Hall of Fame. JT, it's always, always a busy day in East Lansing. So, yeah, there's stuff to talk about. Come yeah. on. What are we talking about here? Yeah. It's going to be – we waited, waited a long time for June to be here, Matt. Exactly 11 months oh, yeah. since the last one. Oh, yeah. I think. Something like that. Is that how the calendar works? I mean, it... Carry the one. Multiply by two. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking it out. right now. Yeah. Been a while. Been a while. And um, a lot of recruits were in town this weekend. A lot of recruits are going to be in town next weekend. And the weekend after that. That's great. And believe it or not... The other weekend that comes after that. Wow. So this is a magical time of year. Pattern almost. Look at that. And um, yeah, going to be lots to talk about. So we dive into this weekend's official visits, Matt. Uh, you're you're the captain's chair over there. You know, you're the guy flexing the the sleeveless yeah. shirt. You are. <laughs> you do have the, the total say because if I question you, like I, based on what we're seeing right here, it's not going to go well it's, for yours truly. It's, so. it's a medium. That's why. That's, that's uh, why. Yeah, no, come on. That's the, an XL. Come on, man. Let's go. <laughs> All right, if it's up to me, I yeah, say we kick it. off the show talking movies. I got to go. It's been, <laughs> it's been real here. Thank you, guys. No, let's, let's, let's go back to the first weekend. Let's yeah. chronologically. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's talk about the first weekend, Matt. How to go for state? Well, Matt, How about that Michigan for a question? State. Really detailed question there. How to go? Michigan State hosted seven official visitors this past weekend. And uh, we'll go through and talk about each of them here. And uh, basically, the coming into the weekend, there were 10 official visitors that were supposed to be scheduled to come. Yeah. One of them ended up it being an unofficial visit, and that was Jordan Ross. Uh, uh, Jordan came out here on his own dime, very interested in Michigan State, competed at the Sound Mind Sound Body Camp that was on Thursday, visited campus on that trip. Gotcha. Went back. Now he's going to be scheduling an official visit to come back either later this month or in that one week in July where it's not a dead period because the first three weeks sure. are. Um, then the other two, Bronte Johnson uh, from Indiana, seems like he's going to be committing to in-state Notre Dame. They were the clear-cut leader if he did not have an issue with them looking at him as a DB. 
Mm. We didn't know whether or not he did. I know he had a preference for wide receiver. And uh, Michigan State was was his favorite wide receiver situation. Coach Hawk, I believe, was his favorite wide receiver's coach. But we found out that it was not a huge issue that they wanted him at DB. So it was good that he canceled that, didn't want to take up a slot. Michigan State didn't want to waste a slot there. And um, then with Marcellus Barnes Jr., kind of in the same boat as yeah. I don't think they would have landed him. But he claims he's, mu- he's going to be back later this month instead, and it's just a postponement. We'll see there. Okay. But now the seven guys that did come up, I don't know if you've seen the quotes. Um, it's, just, it's been great returns. And um, I guess one tidbit I'll start with before I go through each of them is Greg Biggins, the 24-7 sports yeah. West Coast analyst, after he gave Dylan Williams quotes to our site – because um, he interviewed him, he said he came back. He followed up in the thread, and he said, "Listen, I know kids always rave about their official visit that just went on. Sure, but Dylan Williams really, really liked Michigan State. I did see that one. Yeah, that, that one got both my eyebrows. Yeah, perked in the air. Right. Yeah. And Dylan Williams coming into this weekend was the recruit that I thought they would have the hardest time possibly landing. Understandable. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about him for a second. Yeah. So Michigan State is going up against Oregon. Yeah. USC, yeah. I think Washington, sure, uh, Miami. So they're not good at recruiting. All, all those schools very <laughs> cold at recruiting lately. Yeah. So perfect, awesome. So Tosh Lupoy is the primary recruiter for Dylan Williams. So not okay. only is he going getting recruited by Oregon, sure. Not only are they doing a great job recruiting, not only do they have resources, yeah, but they have probably the best, the best, the most skilled recruiter in college football in Tosh Lupoy. Recruiting Jordan Ross, or sorry, uh, Dylan Williams. Dylan, yeah. Michigan State just went five and seven. They did. Yet, despite all of these five, six things that I've listened at, it sounds like Dylan Williams is pretty much down to Michigan State and Oregon before the rest of the visits even take place. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from the people that know Dylan Williams from a neutral standpoint, people that cover the West Coast. And believe it or not, Sounds like um, all the other school the visits he has taken so far and all the other visits that he will take between now and the Oregon visit mm-hmm. are not going to change his mind much, it okay. seems like. Now, Miami is the school I mentioned in there, and Michigan State fans will remember Samson Okanlola, oh, yeah. Miami. But what I will tell Michigan State fans is the three victories that the Spartans had over the Hurricanes last year. I don't know how many fans know this if they're not subscribed to our site, but... Andrew DePape, one of Michigan State's first commits in last year's class, when Michigan State got his services or when he entered the class, it was pretty much like Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, like that flavor of Midwest schools. But after he committed and a couple months passed, Miami made two circle backs on him to try to go ahead and and flip him. They weren't able to do it. By Joe, from from even before he committed to Michigan State until signing day, literally signing day, Mm -hmm. they were on him hardcore press. They couldn't flip him. Yep. To and me say Adelaide couldn't couldn't get him. They tried everything. Jason Taylor came into town and watched film with wow. Tunise. Okay. And they couldn't get him. <laughs> gotcha. So Michigan State won three battles against Miami last year, directly head to head. And where where those were the final two teams. I know they they landed um Jaden Wayne, but like Michigan State sure. was like fourth or fifth there anyway. Oregon was even ahead. But the two uh but the four battles they had head to head, Michigan State won three of them. Gotcha. So I say that because a lot of these guys are gonna have Miami in their list as well. Yeah. Not not as scary as Oregon. So Dylan Williams blew him away, it sounds like. Um, said great things about Scotty Hazleton, who's his lead recruiter. So 
that's one guy that before this weekend started, I was pessimistic about. Mm-hmm. Still probably saying less than 50% chance just because it's Oregon, and I will never consider it to be a victory against Oregon until signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah. But Dylan Williams really, really raised my excitement level for what I saw coming out of the weekend. There's another recruit just in the similar mold of I was very pessimistic. Quotes came out great. West Coast guys are saying the same thing. Quasi Gilmer. Okay. Quasi, I thought Washington, UCLA, Michigan State – those are kind of his schools. And I'm thinking, okay, those schools are a little more beatable than Oregon, let's say. But coming all the way across the country, four-star wide receiver, that doesn't really happen. And will it happen after five and seven? He probably gave the best quotes in terms of just the pure power and gravity of what he said. Okay. Talking about how he really values Mel Tucker being one of the rare African-American head coaches he's seen. How he sees him more as a mentor than even a coach. All the stuff he was saying about the offense. So those are the two guys who right away, if you're like, tell me how you summarize the weekend. It's, hey, this school right now, they might, this program might not have a lot of momentum on the field, but what they proved to me in those kind of quotes and takeaways, now they might not land these guys, but the fact that they're having the impacts that they are perception-wise on them, the experiences they're providing them, that tells me a lot about, you can say what you want about special teams, you can say what you want about the DBs the last few years, but you can't say anything about them not still connecting with kids and having great successful visit with official visits. Now you got to land them at the end of the sure, day, of course. But all I was looking for as a barometer of how this weekend would go was: do they still have that juice when they sit down with them in the room? And it seems like the answer to that is yes for the time being. Yep. Because as I said, this weekend was not one where I expected any immediate commitments. The only recruit where I thought possibly could commit right away was Henry Hasselbeck. Okay. Um, but that's just more because of the profile in Michigan State. It's probably the best recruit that's offered him. Sure. But the reason that that still was not going to happen most likely is his recruitment started three weeks ago in football. He was fully focused on lacrosse until three weeks ago when Jay Johnson uh, found him. Gotcha. And that's when his football recruitment started. So he's not going to shut down his recruitment in three weeks. The other six guys, Eric Carner, really likes Iowa, really likes Florida. He was the second lowest rated guy. Yep. Um, and Logan Bennett's already committed. Kane and Daniels, he's committed to Florida. Even if they do end up flipping him, I don't think it was going to happen on his very first visit to Michigan State. Sure. So the visit weekend as a whole was not going to yield a commitment as far as I saw. And the next best thing is perception and the juice coming out of it. So that's kind of how I would put a bow on the overall monologue I have there. Is there any specific things that you want to talk about? Any specific players I didn't touch on or, or anything? No, all, all the quotes from uh, Quasi to Dylan. Um, Henry Hasselbeck had a few at uh, mm-hmm. Spartans Illustrated as well. And just the, the number one thing that stuck out throughout all these guys' interviews is just authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Quasi that pointed it out specifically. Yeah, of course these coaches are going to talk you up. They're going to talk about how just pretty you are and how mm-hmm. awesome of an athlete you are and how are you going to fit in the system and play right away. That's every single recruit probably across the country. But Quasi went even deeper. He said, yeah, I mean, of course they're going to say that, but like, I feel like they're real with me. You know, they mm-hmm. weren't just promising all these things up front that I was going to get 85 catches in my first season. Like, right. no, like that's actually a very real coaching staff there. And mm-hmm. it kind of blends in with what you see with MSU hoops all the time is just that family atmosphere just being real. And, well, yeah, I mean, there are some kids out there, hopefully a lot of kids out there that really pride that, mm-hmm. not just, you know, just like being spoon-fed a bunch of, glamorous tidbits about you mm-hmm. so no that, that's one thing that stuck out is yeah. just you know yeah at the end of the day especially coming off a of five and seven season you gotta make yourself a little different yeah. of course you know having competition at the positions when they get here i think quasi gilmer yeah. he, he could be due to have some serious run as a true yeah. freshman but that's just yeah you got to have the culture you got to mm-hmm. build the culture so yeah um, speaking of serious run i think yeah. if michigan state somehow does get dylan dylan williams 
he probably would be starting right next to his visit host, Jordan Hall. Could you imagine them two together? <laughs> oh, I mean, Jordan Hall right in the middle, stuffing <sighs> all the rushing lanes. Versatile too, beyond that. But and then Dylan Williams flying sideline to sideline. You got perfect complementary I mean, styles. Come on. You got th- the thumper in the middle. You have the range you got next to him in a four-two-five. That would be that would be something. But yeah, please come here, Dylan. Please. <laughs> Playing time is definitely on the table. But yeah. something else I want to mention. Um, Andrew Dennis, he yeah. is officially visiting this upcoming weekend. Yep. He took an unofficial visit to Michigan State this past weekend just to help the staff recruit. I love that. He yeah. wanted to meet, um, obviously, the other offensive line recruit or commit in Logan uh, Bennett. Yep. He wanted to obviously meet Jalen Thompson, who was also here, who yep. said afterwards, um, I think uh, Rhino Blennis at Spartans Illustrated was the first one to have the quotes publicly where he said, mm-hmm. um, I'm shutting down my recruitment. I'm not taking any more visits. There we go. So um, those three recruits really bonded. They seem as locked in as you could be. I know it's recruiting, so you can never be too sure. But of course. Um, that kind of speaks to the culture that the class has already built right now so far. Um, and then obviously you'll see who they get to add from now, but that's very key, especially at these official visits. Cause that's where a lot of the other times that kids visit, like let's say a, a, a random January junior day, where there's like six other guys there. Um, but you don't know where anyone's leaning. You have a April 11th, like five days before the spring game. Cause there's spring break and the kids have time they're not bonding together the way they are at official visits. That's one of the key components here. So I look at that, and I think that that can help Michigan State a lot. Andrew Dennis is going to be at the, all the other official visit weekends as well, obviously including his own. And then one last thing I want to say about Logan Bennett. I've said this before. I'm going to keep saying it. Logan Bennett's tape and his competition level and his measurables, Yeah, those three things to me are at four-star level. If he would have gone on a camp circuit – this whole summer and tried to get offers and if he wasn't committed to michigan state he would have reeled in offers and he would be a four star before signing day i don't know if that's going to happen now that he committed earlier mm-hmm. but i just i don't want to hear anyone say oh we have a three-star offensive lineman why did cap take him so early because if let's say in three years he's not playing fine you can say that then sure this this kid's good this kid's good. And you know who else thinks that is, of course, Coach Cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, hey, why did he offer him so early? Well, yeah. that that's why. So he wouldn't get away. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we talked about this when he committed that. You know, usually, hey, when you have uh, a guy on campus and you want him to commit immediately, it's because, well, I mean, hey, either commit now or your spot's going to be taken. Mm-hmm. Or I, I really think it was like, well, let's like lock, lock this guy up immediately. This mm-hmm. guy's got all the tape, the measurables. So, yeah, good to see Logan Bennett back on yeah. practice then. Mm-hmm. So, so, again, solid as solid as you can be, probably yeah. in the month of June in recruiting. Right. A lot of time till signing day. Yeah, it's a crazy world of college recruiting, but yeah, things are looking good in yeah. that regard. Things are looking good for this weekend too. I gotta say, this upcoming weekend, weekend they do. numero dos. If you're ready to talk about that, unless let's talk about it. Cool. Let's do unless it. you have any more questions about the first weekend. One thing I did, uh, Justin Denson, I did see that he rescheduled for the end That's of the point. month. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay, that, cool. At least tentatively. We'll see what happens sure. there. Of a course. couple of his other OVs are also canceled. I think he is still going to Arkansas. Um, okay. I think he's taking one of his OVs that, out of the original four, and then he said he's going to reschedule the Michigan State one for the end. Got it. We'll kind of see there. Okay. That was just but, one name, too, that I didn't see that showed up last yeah, good weekend. Point. That, yeah, good point. He, he was there, like, on Wednesday. Um, okay. Not he wasn't on campus. I was gonna say he was on the list that you probably saw Wednesday, and then after that is where that kind of materialized that he wasn't kind of be coming up. Right on, cool, cool, good point. Well, another familiar name right off the top of this next weekend. Do you want to run down the names or let's run down the names? Let's do it, man. First name I'm just seeing Jamari Howard. Uh, Yeah, old friend of the class of 2024, Jamari Howard. So yeah, that's uh, Mm -hmm. just popped up right there. But yeah, I mean, just like the first weekend, 
a lot of flavor from all over the country. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're hitting every single time zone, basically, mm-hmm. with, with this crop of kids. So, For sure. Take it away. Yeah. So Jamari Howard talked to um, the 24-7's uh, Florida State site today. He was talking about his recruitment okay. as a whole. And he did confirm that Michigan State official visit is happening. Cool. So that was as of today. That is still confirmed. You can never be too sure about kids from across the country coming in on OVs. Correct. Um, so that's always good to see that. And then kind of just running through the list, Nathan Roy. Um, part of the family from Succession. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, he's a 187th ranked on the composite offensive tackle. Yeah. That would be Michigan State's highest ranked offensive tackle commit in 23 years. Last year, it was Stanton Rammel. Yeah. I think he finished, I think, in the low 190s or maybe in the 200s. I think it was top 250. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, okay. I can look that up really quick. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, last year, he was the, the highest ranked OT commit in 23 years. And now they have a chance to outdo that even more. Um, I think that that would be a huge uh, get for Michigan State if they can get him. Now, he's a guy that's from the West Coast originally. Now he lives in Wisconsin, but he is originally from the West Coast, and he has a brother that goes to UCLA, and they're uh, one of his three finalists. Yep. The other one's Minnesota. He really likes their O-line coach. But I think uh, Minnesota and UCLA, I think that's as gettable of a top 200 players finalist three that you could hope for. Yep. So I kind of like uh, where Michigan State sits there, but not anywhere close to crystal ball level. Obviously, Minnesota's doing a great job there, too. And they get the last visit, too, Minnesota. Yeah. Does, so that, yeah. that's something to keep your mm-hmm. eye on as Closer well. Closer there, too. Can probably yep. drive there. Right. But I'm not looking at a map. I'm just assuming Minnesota sure. and Wisconsin, they're on the same side of the Great Lakes. Don't have to go around. But. Everything's a 30-minute drive when you get to that side of Lake <laughs> Michigan. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, you yeah. can get from Madison, Wisconsin to Billings, Montana. 30-minute drive. No <laughs> problem about the it. The St. Louis Arch, too. Fiserv <laughs> yeah. Arena. And uh, Milwaukee, thirty-minute drive. drive, That one might be thirty-five. Stanton Rommel, he uh, (laughs) ended at two twenty. By the way, in case I was going to keep anyone up tonight, two twenty. So it would be back-to-back top two fifty offensive tackle commits for for Coach Cap and company. So yeah, yeah, just want to clear that. Then the next name here, um, this one, I don't think they have a great shot at landing. Um, but again, that's what I said about Quasi Gilmer last weekend. Uh, or at yeah, least, right. I don't think I said it, but I thought that. Yeah. And um, that's Kamar Mathudi. He is a four-star linebacker from California. Again, so he's from Valley Village, California. I don't know where in California that is, Matt, but it sounds cool. It sounds nice. Yeah. Hot, very pleasant. Valley Village. <laughs> now, he has two Oregon crystal balls. So, again, kind of that similar theme. But at the end of the day, um, it's going to be one of those things where if that is your most, I guess, pipe dream kind of guy of the whole weekend, mm-hmm. that's fine. you got to have a few of them in there. Um, but everybody else after this, it's, it's pretty winnable. Next up, you have Anthony Carey, Scooter Carey. Scooter. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Scoot yourself up here to East Lansing, young man. Let's yeah. go. Let's get he, it popping. Uh, he got a couple crystal ball picks uh, for Michigan State. Sure did. Um, sure did. Seems like Michigan State and North Carolina are his top two. Uh, my colleague Corey Robinson had an update on him on the board today. Basically, it sounds like Michigan State has done a great job with him, but obviously you still have to knock it out of the park during the OVs. Yep. So they'll have the opportunity to possibly do that, and it sounds like it'll be a July decision for him. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he might be the guy that I would have said who's someone you think could commit on the visit. I was but, just going to go there. Yeah, yep, but Corey okay. found out that it's sounding like a July decision, okay. so that kind of removes that mystery for us. Next up is Jeremiah Beasley. Um, a lot of Michigan smoke there the last few months. And um, I can see it uh, at the end of the day when so many different people are saying the same thing. Yeah. There has to be something there. Right. But brother being Malik Carr, I know his mom really, really likes Michigan State. Now they have an opportunity here to possibly win him back over if he is leaning towards Michigan. So I wouldn't say that one's finished off. I'm probably starting to lean towards him ending up in Michigan too. Okay. But we'll see. We have, we have time here to, to observe that. Yeah. And, and those uh, two visits are a week apart too. He's, it's Michigan State yeah. this week and then Michigan next week. And mm-hmm. then any net, old Mizzou. 
Yeah. He's really into like those M schools. I yeah, see. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's probably a prerequisite of his. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. And uh, then we have Andrew Dennis. We've talked about him. Um, almost nearing four-star territory, I see yeah. there, Andrew Dennis. Yeah. And uh, next up, Reggie Powers. He is an Ohio kid who has an OSU official visit. Oh, okay. So oh, OSU definitely wants him. Oof. That is uh, <laughs> no one problem. of those recruitments where if Michigan State wins, Michigan State fans can say, we got a kid that Ohio State really wanted. Yeah, we're doing a parade um, on Grand River just <laughs> straight down the entire, not, not just the East Lansing portion of Grand River. We're talking like Detroit to Lansing. <laughs> we're the whole way. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens there. I think um, Michigan State might finish second in that recruitment. Sure. But we'll see. We'll see. It's playing time is a big thing for him. Then maybe, yeah, maybe well, sightseeing is looking good. That's your position then. Yeah. I mean, by sophomore year, you could be getting some serious runs. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you got Malik Spencer and Jenna Mangum, and they'll probably start until the day they leave, but right behind them, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. exactly. Yep. Maybe Sean Brown, but we'll see. Sure. Then one of my most yeah, underrated guy favorite right guys here. This is it. Yep. This, this is Sire Torrance. Okay. He is... I, you know, I was gonna say he was my most underrated player in the in the class that's visiting. Okay. But there's a new guy there. Wow. And we'll talk about this him. Weekend? We'll talk about him in 30 seconds. Okay. And so Sire Torrance, uh, great player. You can see his highlights. He's locking guys down on DB. You can see his fluidity on yep. offense as a receiver. Likes to hit guys. Um, Coach Salgado found him in upstate New York, in, from Syracuse, New York, I believe. Yep. Committed to Syracuse. So because of that, nobody else really bothered to offer if they even found out that he existed. He was an unranked kid all the way up there. Salgado found him because of his connections, offered him. Now he's coming up here. I think Pitt wants him. I think Rutgers really, really, really wants him. He was there last weekend. They are putting the full court press on him. And they're closer. We'll see what happens. It's not a slam dunk, um, but it should be as gettable as you can hope for a player of his quality. Uh, Javarius Green, he's a guy that Alabama just offered last week, two weeks ago maybe. Um, that was a great find by Coach Hawkins. Uh, no kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was already going to be hard because in-state North Carolina was right. uh, pursuing, and he's yeah. from there, and they have a good offense. Yeah. But uh, now with Alabama there, let, let's just say I don't expect him to commit to Michigan State on this visit. Oh, um, we're doing it like <laughs> not just the Grand River Parade. We are doing 75 yeah. from Mackinac all the down way down to, to Key West or wherever it lands. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Yeah, that would yeah. be a but monumental one. Yeah. <laughs> but next up, Matt. Is this the guy? We have unranked, zero star, from Tampa Bay Tech. No stars needed. No stars. Nope. Six foot one. Okay. 175 pounds. All right. Actually, I think it's like 185 by now. Okay. We have Cameron Campbell. Yeah. He's a cornerback target for Michigan State. Okay. I will be honest. I did not watch his tape until six days ago. Okay. Not one second of his tape. That's still more yeah. seconds than a lot of other people have watched. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this tape. And for a while, I forget whose it is because I pause it. I go back and do other work. I come back. Yeah. It's full screened on one side. I press play. This kid, he runs a 4.4240 according to his Twitter bio. Okay, that plays. Yeah. His uh, 400 meter, which I don't remember off the top of my head, he finished first in the state. You watch this kid's tape. He is sticking with everybody on every single route. Okay. He is taking on offense as a receiver. He's taking bubble screens 80 yards when everyone has angles on it. All right. I don't see a lot of him flying around and hitting people like Sayer Torrance or next week's visitor, uh, Samuel Madu, who I think is another really underrated okay. guy. Gotcha. These corners, these three-star corners, they've done a great job finding underrated guys. There's a theme there. Um, but this guy can play cornerback at the highest level at the Big Ten. I don't care what his stars say. He has an Ole Miss offer. Texas A&M is sniffing around. Okay. 
but it's really just Michigan State and Ole Miss are his two best offers. Last week, he was at uh, Boston College. Okay. So, so far, if, if Ole Miss doesn't get that OV locked in, and some of these guys are still not fully jumping in, sure. there is a chance to get this kid when nobody's really expecting him to be good. And he could be that guy that comes in. You're going to have to teach him to be more physical than he is now. Okay. But he can stick with anybody. Perfect. And I don't know. Maybe we'll see four years from now. We can cut up this clip. We can say that yeah. I a little bit finally knew what I was talking about on one of these guys. <laughs> but I think uh, I'm really liking some of these cornerbacks that they're bringing in. And Cameron Campbell, very underrated. I just like uh, everyone at home, just close your eyes right now. I just want you to imagine something. This is the year of our Lord, 2025. <laughs> and it's Cameron Campbell on one side, Mr. 4.4240. And then on the other side of the field, or lined up in the slot. Heck, let's just double it out on that side of the field. Jalen Barberin as well a guy who ran like what was it like a 7.1 in the 100 meter dash just two speed demons two guys wearing the the, the flash costumes just running streak routes down spartan stadiums turf that would be delightful i would not say yeah. no to that that would be a nightmare for all defenses so yeah. i i, I, I kind of like this a lot yeah that sounds Ho nice. hopefully that sounds retro nice. senior or true senior tyrell henry up there too Ooh, let's go let's some, go some of these other guys that are coming cinema. up now yeah pure cinema let's go yeah but Good weekend coming up um, this weekend. I think there's a couple guys that they may, maybe could possibly close on. Um, Kerry was one of those guys I thought could have been a candidate before the July um, reporting that Corey did. Uh, Sire Torrance, again, Rutgers wants him really badly. Okay. He's actually given Syracuse an official visit, like a last chance to win him back, kind of like Nick Marsh did with Michigan State, kind of like uh, Jamari Howard is doing with Michigan State. So he's doing the same for Rutgers. I mean, Syracuse, I don't know if he'll commit this weekend, but he's a candidate. Okay. Um, and then Cameron Campbell, um, I don't know exactly how the staff feels about him. Um, I'm assuming that everyone that gets an OV, they're, they're okay with them committing or they'll try to give them the, the full sales pitch before they leave. But personally, I think they should try, the, try everything to close on him this weekend. Um, then you're looking at Jalen Thompson, who is a composite four-star. You're looking at a guy yep. like Cameron Campbell, who I fully believe in. And um, then you have two of your maybe three corner slots taken. You have Jason Cross and other guys that can play safety coming in in future weeks. I think uh, you're in a good spot there as the defensive backfield. And uh, remember, last two classes, or last year, the two units that kind of anchored the class, it was the two trenches, yep. D-line and O-line. This time around, let's land some of these receivers. Let's see if they can land some of these receivers and these DBs. And uh, you will have staggered these two classes very well. No shortage of great skill positions coming up to campus. Mm -hmm. Not just last week, not just this weekend, but yeah. also, you know, as we keep on going throughout the month of June and, yeah. well, that, that one week in July, of course. Yeah. So we'll see if Jordan Ross wants to lock down his OV mm -hmm. then or whatever. But no, that was a good tidbit. I know I'm going back like 20 mm -hmm. minutes here, but that Jordan Ross was on campus on an unofficial visit. Yeah. And it's good to know right there. Mm -hmm. How you doing? You, you carry a lot. Your, your, your back's got to be killing right now, <laughs> carrying the show up until that point. I mean, that's, Just thirsty. I mean, had, had some fish tacos before this. Oh, look at you, man. <laughs> like, recruiting's your bread and butter, and uh, JT, I, I don't know if anyone's going to like this. I don't know if anyone cares about it, but hey, this is my bread and butter coming up. It's Bracketology time. Let's go. It's Bracketology time. That's right. It is, our, it is June 7th. That's right. And what better time to look at March Madison right now? It is bracketology. And Joe Lenardi threw out his bracketology. And I, I could, believe me, everyone at home, I could hear you. Oh, he sucks. He's not that good. Oh, he ranks so low on bracket matrix every year. Look, I, I am a fiend for bracketology. I don't care if it's the weakest, most mid brackets of all time. If there's a prediction out there, I will eat it up. I will absolutely do it. So, yeah, I'm going to take Joe Lenardi's bracketology and we are going to talk about it. Oh boy, Justin, 
Do you have a guess as to what seed Michigan State is in Joe Lenardi's June bracketology? He updated this on Tuesday, so a, a whole day has passed ever since. Mm. I know. So the, the commit that Michigan got, the saving the program, isn't factored in yet? They just got the two seed. Yeah, mm. I know. So that really changes things up. Mm. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but my guess for Michigan State was actually going to be a two seed. Um, is that wrong? One seed. Really? One seed. They are the number one seed. They're sharing the one seed with, well, fellow Big Ten foe, Purdue. Okay. Got a They're good not going to make it out of the second round. I would put the entire house on that. <laughs> uh, also, Duke and then Kansas. They have the other one seeds as well. Michigan State, according to Joe Lenardi, is in Indianapolis for the first two matchups. Again, 16th seed, McNeese State. Mm. Now, do you want to spend the next 10 minutes breaking down McNeese State? Let's and just do it. Go, oh, God, I'm really hoping you'd say the no box and one defense, and we'll... If you could be making all this up, I'll just yeah, blindly believe. Okay, yeah, I'll just blindly believe. Let's make to some Nick Nurse podcast yeah. breakdowns. So do a lot of diamond press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ninety-four feet of hell over at McNeese State. So Triangle after offense. That, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just hellacious. What, yeah, what they're running they got, out there. They got Mike D'Antoni's entire playbook out there at it's, McNeese State. Mike D'Antoni's actually on the bench, uh, oddly enough. And <laughs> no, then, he's not. He's giving the Sixers lead assistant match. You, you watch your mouth. Excuse me. Pardon yeah. me. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we will get to uh, Mike D'Antoni later. He was on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot, so we'll get to him in a hot second. Uh <laughs> and then the 8-9 game is Colorado, so that would just be a great rivalry to reheat. Or I guess not reheat, just, just heat in general because yeah. we've just been kind of mad at each other for close to no reason other than we stole our football coach for like three years now. And then Iowa and, State. And we stole Jalen Sami, Matt. Don't forget. That's right. Jalen Sami. Excuse me. Pardon yeah, me. That's thank right. You. He came home. He came home to East Lansing. <laughs> uh, what I don't like about the bracketology, uh, Joel Lenardi has us in the Boston Regional, not the Detroit Regional. That went to Purdue. And I, I honestly, like, I'd rather take like a three seed and be in the Detroit region than the one seed and be in the Boston region. But I'm putting the cart way in front of the horse. I'm counting my eggs before they hatch. I'm doing every cliche in the book that you're not supposed to do on that. But there you go. In the bracketology, Joe Lenardi, Mr. Lenardi, he has eight Big Ten teams. Mm. Michigan State, Purdue, both one seeds. 11 seed Rutgers, nine seed Maryland, seven seed Wisconsin, 10 seed Indiana, five seed Illinois, and nine seed Michigan. No, that last one's a joke. It's nine seed Northwestern, actually. Michigan not in the picture whatsoever. Uh, so, of those eight Big Ten teams in the seeds, which Big Ten team does a better job than their seeding this season? Or worse, you could slice it up any way. And if you want me to dance first on this one, I got no problem doing so. What seed was Ohio State again? Ohio State. That's your answer because they're not even on here. Uh, I thought they'd be a nine Which or a ten. kind of surprising. Like... Yeah. If, if Rutgers is getting the 11, like the last four teams in, like I think Ohio State would be squarely in there. Yeah. That's just me, though. Kind of leaning towards that, but go, what's, your, what's your take? On Wisconsin, Justin. Mm. Right now they're the seventh seed. I, I think they're going to be a lot better. And I get it. Like they, they just washed out of the NIT. It was not a good season for them at all last year. But if they have one thing going for them, Justin, there are two teams in Power 6 basketball next year that return more minutes than Michigan State. It is Marquette at number two. And then Wisconsin mm. basically returns, like, I think it's 89% of their minutes or something crazy like that. Like, Michigan State, I think they're returning 72 or 75%. Like, mm -hmm. Wisconsin is returning an astronomical number of minutes to their team next year. They got a siege, and they got Hepburn, they got Tyler Wall coming yeah. back. I get it. 
it was a mid-season, but that's going to be a very experienced team, a team that's going to gel. And all those guys, I think, that I just named, maybe save for Tyler Wall. I think he's hit his ceiling. I think can only grow, especially yeah. a season. He, he could yeah. be a killer next year, yeah. man. You, so. cannot, you cannot have a kid named Connor Asijin on Correct. your team and you not fall out because... No, this yeah. just doesn't work like that, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I can see them getting up to, like, dare I say, a four seed. A four seed, dare Ooh. I say. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a little high on Wisconsin despite them kind of you know having i was going to say a middle of the road season mm -hmm. not even that actually kind Ooh. of a really debbie downer of a year last year but yeah i'm, I'm, I'm liking wisconsin I'm, I'm gonna buy their value i don't know who i'm gonna sell here, i like though. the sound of this matt i yeah. i don't know if you know but i started my mba online at the university of wisconsin uh, oh. a couple weeks ago oh, oh so you. so now wow now that there's a, there's a second school in there that i'm gonna be monitoring smart and badger for life look <laughs> at you man wow gonna be seeing how the air raid offense goes in the fall yeah. over there in madison wow going to be that's probably not going to go well the first year but yeah, that's not we'll important see. that's fine yeah um, we'll figure it out but now if my wisconsin badgers struggle on the basketball court greg guard's got to go i'm going to be starting the fire greg guard chant wow i'm going to be um you know i think wisconsin badgers recruiting product tyler hero because mm. he was committed there that's for true. a while badger and, legend tyler yes, hero. that's yes. right yeah i think he will spark something in them when he comes out in game three and game four and game five and game six and averages like 30 points a game. Yep. So I think they're going to work hard this offseason. They're going to come out. They're going to represent me well. And uh, I think it's going to be a good season for the Badger Hoops team, as you said. And Connor Sejan, big time player of the year. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but, yeah uh, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> but no, going to be interesting to see what those uh, middle of the pack teams do this year in the big time because it'll, yeah. be, it'll be fun. A lot of turnover. Is, is the team to sell just as easy as Purdue? Because you, yes. you can't go higher than a one seed, obviously. Yes. But like... The last time we saw them, what happened? You know, they, they got aced out of the tournament by Fairleigh Dickinson, who mm -hmm. had no players that were taller than me. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, completely embarrassing. Coach, first time in the D1. Correct, yeah. So, like, is it just that easy? Because, like, look, in all seriousness, they did cruise to a Big Ten tournament title. When we saw them last, like, when us Spartans saw them last, do we even keep it with an 80? in West Lafayette like and that's the only time that we see them this year unfortunately is at their home barn but I don't know I think that I, th I think they'll be good but wow one seed good I yeah I don't I, know I think I if know. if we're talking about who can live up to their seed line I think they have a chance to meet that but it's just um who's actually going to live up to their seed line when the tournament starts oh none of the that teams is, i named yeah none of the easy. teams i named except michigan state maybe right yeah we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. know how this goes in the big 10 like yeah no yeah let me knock on wood really quick um but yeah it's um it's fun God, i just love bracketology i always got to talk about basketball in june i love it yeah now nah, let's go back to let's go back to football <laughs> let's go back to football the hall of fame for college football that's right the 2024 class the ballot has been announced and we got three spartans on that ballot it's daryl rogers former head coach won a big 10 title back in the day he also did some work over at fresno state san jose Ooh. state and then arizona state as well but everywhere he went pretty solid job fan of the hot weather as well uh, loves himself some 111 <laughs> dry heat degree temperatures flozell adams big 10 offensive lineman of the year back in 97 founder and friend of this podcast sd4l mm -hmm. brian masalem taught him everything he needs to know yep. so i think brian gets on that ballot yep. as well brian masalem prodigy uh no question about it and then the third guy oh it's mark d'antonio that's a familiar mm. name right there um former sons coach should he former sons coach former rockets coach he very very well-traveled man won a rose bowl a cotton <laughs> bowl two big 10 titles i just completely owned the rivalry in this state in his time here 
Does he win in a unanimous vote, or does he get like left off like two or three ballots on accident? What do you, mm. what do you feel for Mark D'Antonio? Couldn't tell you what the voters in SEC country think of Mark uh, D'Antonio. Can't tell you maybe what they think in Pac-12 country. Maybe they've kind of seen him in the Rose Bowl, but... You'd hope so. It, it better be unanimous in the Midwest. Because mm. anyone that knows what Michigan State was just before Coach D got there and um, how great. hard it was to develop talent there because they weren't just landing four stars left and right. Yep. Um, and the sustained success, the wins over Ohio State. Yep. Um, I think... Uh, just just tons and tons of credit to what he did and the way he did it the yeah the way he did it deserves as much credit if not more than just the sheer accomplishments um developed actual uh leaders developed people like darian harris and um the, the name the list can go on and on i just think yep. he built a real he's the definition of a program builder and um i know he didn't win a national title but there's coaches in there that did it everything but yeah yeah everything, everything but, but. And I don't think a coach coaching Michigan State, if he doesn't win a national title, that's fine. It's what else are they doing? How much sustained success? And he checked those boxes as well as he ever could. Uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit more because there's even more facts mm. or, or some actual statements here about Mark D'Antonio here in a little bit. But mm. just for a frame of reference, there is almost a, a hundred names on this ballot, uh, especially if you include like the divisionals. There's more than a hundred on the ballot. Uh, this will be announced early in 2024. Last year, 22 uh, players and coaches were enshrined in the mm. Hall of Fame. So that's what the class size is normally, 22. So. Odds are in his favor, and hopefully they're in the same uh, favor as Mr. Adams and Mr. Rogers mm -hmm. as well. Now, uh, are you ready to wipe that smile off your face right now yes. and play uh, yes. to our facts? One is whack because yes. uh, this is really, really going to floor you right here. My 5-13 and 13 record is on the line. See, you're always one to say it. I, I, I'm never going to say it. Yeah, think about it every night before I go to bed. Very honorable. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> all right, gang, if you've never watched this show, first of all, hey, welcome. What an episode to tune into. Check this out. I'm going to read three statements. Two of them are fact. One of them is whacked. And today's theme is Mark D'Antonio. Mm. Mark D'Antonio. Are you ready to play yes. two or facts? One is whack. Statement number one. Mark D'Antonio was the only coach to hand Urban Meyer multiple losses when he coached at Ohio State. Mark D'Antonio was the only coach to hand Urban Meyer multiple losses while he coached at Ohio State. Statement number two, Mark D'Antonio has doubled the top 10 wins in his MSU career than Jim Harbaugh has in his Michigan head coaching career. And it's double. It's not at least double. It's double. Mm. It's just flatly double. Mark D'Antonio has doubled the top 10 wins in his MSU career than Jim Harbaugh has in his Michigan head coaching career. And then statement number three, from 2012 to 2015, Mark D'Antonio won four straight bowl games. That is a fact. And I'm just going to give that to you mm -hmm. right there. He won four bowl games. But since 2012, no other Big Ten East program has won four straight of its bowl games. Mm. From 2012 to 2015, Mark D'Antonio won four straight bowl games. It was a nice little four-year run. Since 2012, since that streak began, no other Big Ten East program has won four straight of its bowl games. Which one's fact? And which one's the other fact? And which one's whack? Now, I know Harbaugh has the two top 10 wins of when he played Ohio State both times. That the last does. two years. That he does. Struggling to come up with many more beyond that. Hmm. A shame. And A shame. Coach D has to have more than four. Hmm. 
Mm -hmm. A top 10 is hard. It's not top 25. It's might not be more than four. No, it probably is more than four. It's even hard just to play a top 10 team yeah. per season, really. Right. You know? yeah. It really is. And then you almost have to go undefeated for, yeah, it's. It's tough. It just seems like a good vibe sort of thing for you to say, no, Justin, Mark does not have double. He has quadruple. Oh, that'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, what? <sighs> I got him in the. I'm, tor I'm locking, the, I'm locking right that now. in, Matt. I'm locking that in. I got him in the torture act right now. That, the middle one is the false one. <laughs> oh, shoot, I love the spirit. I do love the spirit, but unfortunately, the middle one is true. It is just double the wins than Jim Harbaugh has at Michigan. Mm. Mark D'Antonio racked up ten. 10 Jim top has five he is five and before any of you guys crying at home because I, I believe me i know who watches this show you guys have nothing better to do with your time i uh, <laughs> say oh well mark was there for a lot longer than jim's been there okay mark's first win against the top 10 team was 2011 his last one 2018 that's a seven year window look at what he inherited before that okay the program took some building old jimmy boy he was handed a semi-pro NFL roster from day one. Same time span, seven years, half the amount of wins. Jimmy has five. Marky Mark has ten wins. So that is a double, if I'm doing my Spartan math correctly there. Just want to make sure we're covering all bases. The other true statement. Do you have a guess? Do you have a guess what the other true statement was? Um, I want to say the first one, but I can't remember who Ohio State played in all of their playoff games. I'm thinking sure. Clemson might have beat them twice. Um, is that true? You're right, actually. Okay. Dabo Sweeney was the only other coach to beat Urban Meyer twice at Ohio State. Okay. So that one was the whack one. Mark D'Antonio wasn't the only coach. He was just one of two coaches to do that in Urban Meyer's, I believe, six-year mm -hmm. tenure at Ohio State. The other true one was from 2012 to 2015, Mark D'Antonio won four straight bowl games since 2012. Yeah, no other Big Ten East program won four straight of its bowl games. Now, if you go over to the Big Ten West... We've got some teams that like to win bowl games over there. Believe it or not, Northwestern, four-game bowl victory streak. Yeah, but like three of them were the pinstripe bowl probably. Sure, and like they've also <laughs> missed some years too, but like when they make a bowl game, yeah. they're going to come home with the hardware. Wisconsin also four straight. Are you ready for this? Who has the longest streak of bowl wins in the Big Ten? Hmm. Is it Kirk Ferentz's? No. Oh, it's P.J. Fleck. We're rowing the boat, baby. Minnesota oh. has won six straight bowl games that it's played in. So wow. rise up gophers, I guess. Shout or out Jerry Kill. One time for Jerry Kill. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? Let's shout everyone out, man. Tanner Morgan was around for all six of those bowl victories yep. too. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, amongst the big 10 East teams. Yeah. They, there you have it. Like they're, they've had some, some lumps in there as well. So there you go. Two our facts. One is wax. Thank you for playing head coach. Mark D'Antonio themed to our facts. One is five and 14. I just, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Flatly, I just don't know what to say. It... Fill in the blank time. <laughs> we are going to fill in some blanks. This is a very well thought out uh, segment here. This really takes a lot of brain power. I'm just going to say a statement. I'm just going to leave something blank. And Justin, you got to tell me a word or really just finish the sentence. You could just ramble as long as you want on any of these. I've got three in front of me. We'll see if we get to all three. But okay. Pick a number one through three, please. Two. Jaron Jackson Jr. Sane on Paul George's podcast that he was ready to come back to Michigan State for his sophomore season makes you, as a Michigan State fan, feel blank. Do 
your I answer is the same as mine because I, I really do, I don't really know what to say. Yeah, because at at one point, on one side, it's kind of like a like a wholesome kind of thing of yeah. all right, look, good job by Izzo to do the responsible mm-hmm. thing as we would know him to do. Right. And then at the other at the other hand, you're thinking, hey, um, Jared, his first year was a lot of raw potential. It wasn't a lot of sure. proven sort of skill. The second year, he probably would have had a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was already depoy in his first year. Yep. So the potential would have been endless there um yeah it's i guess um yeah i don't i don't i guess not melon with bittersweet i guess i don't know okay. i think that's kind of the word um I that. but yeah, yeah like kind of split feelings there about it yeah. the only thing i will say um kind of side tangent is that's 1000 percent true what jaron said it's mm-hmm. not him just helping Izzo with a sales pitch oh, after sure. the fact um I've talked about this a couple times before, but I, I knew Jaron pretty well. His uh, freshman year at Michigan State was okay. my freshman year at Michigan State. Gotcha. Um, and he would kind of just casually say amongst us, like while we were eating, he would talk about, hey, um, next year, I can't wait for X or Y. Next year, I'm going to get a moped. Next year, I'm going to bring my car up. Okay. Um, just offhand, always just talking about next year. Gotcha. Uh, rooming with Jack Hoiberg next year. Like that was just a topic of conversation normally with Jaron his, his whole freshman year. Interesting. And, um, Occasionally, I would speak up and be like, Jerry, you're not going to be here next year. Stop talking about next year. Like, <laughs> right. read this mock draft. He's like, I don't read mock drafts. I'm going to be here next year. You'll see. And he was wrong. I was right. Thank you, coaches, though, for steering him away. No, I'm just kidding. That is crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. 100% authentic story by Jaron. Because, like, any, like, I think every single player that goes into a draft, whether it be NFL or NBA, I think they're contractually obligated to say, I don't read mock drafts. <laughs> then I believe about 1% of them. And yeah. Jared Jackson's now in that 1%. Yeah. <laughs> I, just based on what you said, and then, mm-hmm. well, the story that he rehashed on the Paul yeah. George podcast, Podcast P. If I could shout that out, that, like, yeah, yeah I mean, Izzo basically told Draymond Green to call him and say, son, what the hell are you doing? You're going to be taken in the top five here. Get down to the league as soon as possible and start making money. And well, that he has $30 million contract, his rookie deal, yeah. and then just signed a close to $110 million guaranteed contract. And when that expires, he's another like 27 one. years old. Another one. He's going to be making so much money. And then, Matt, <laughs> another one after that another, one. Another. <laughs> oh, Jared. Gonna be half a billionaire by the time he's thirty-four. He could get a stake in the PGA if he really wanted to. He <laughs> he could make that merger sweat yeah. by the end of his time yeah. here, man. So yeah, but yeah, it is it is bittersweet. And also, like, I understand that fans say you know uh, it makes you feel depressed or something like that because uh, the team after that would have been pretty okay. But mm-hmm. call this a loser mentality if you want. Maybe I just am a loser. Jokes on you guys. I already knew that. But Big Ten regular season title. Big Ten tournament title in right. a great game over Michigan and then making a Final Four for banner number 8 oh, yeah. in just one of the most historic Elite Eight games of all time against one of the most talented rosters of all mm-hmm. time. That's your second place yeah. prize? Fine. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. that's and, okay with me. And we don't know. Yeah. Like they're not, They were not exactly the same players, but there was some similar overlap of usage. We don't know if Xavier Tillman would have developed the way that he did of if course. was there another year. Right. Like who, who goes on the bench? Like Kenny yeah. Goins goes on the right. bench most likely. but Lose so some rebounding then like? suddenly. Yeah. Nick Ward gets buried further on the bench. I mean, I know that he was obviously injured at the end of the year, yeah. so it got a little spotty there. But, yeah, it's yeah. just a different complexion of that team, of course. Yeah. I mean, still would have been a really incredible team. But right. that 2019 season always will have a special place in my heart. Like, that's the, yeah. as, as good as you could probably get of a season without winning the national title. And, yeah, yeah sorry for being thrilled about that yeah. anyway. First couch burning I saw. It was, <laughs> I miss that team so much. Yep. I miss that team so much. Luckily, Matt, there should most likely be banners back in the Breslin this past, this upcoming season. Oh, God, don't. 
my, my, my hopes are so high. And I can't let me get that high because yeah. that means we're caring enough to get hurt. All right, let's do one more fill in the blank. Yes. One or three. One. The College Football Players Association boycotting the 2024 EA Sports College Football game is blank. Now, really quick, if you guys are out of the loop, uh, the College Football Players Association, that's like a little... Or maybe it's a big union amongst the college football players. It's, uh, not, it's not that big. It's, okay, yeah. perfect. That makes this even better <laughs> then because right now they're not too happy with each player only getting paid $500 of NIL money by EA Sports. I did the math earlier. It's like, what, 85 scholarship players times about 120 FBS schools times $500. We're looking at 4 or $5 million here in payouts just for these kids. Like, if I did the math right, mm-hmm. which is suspect, we'll circle back to that later but that's a lot of money to be paid out by ea sports but with that said the college football players association boycotting the 2024 ea sports college football game is overblown okay i like that i think um, what jason saw um the leader of the college football players association had brief conversations with them back when this first launched i was really interested in that space and kind of talked to him a little bit He, he does have the best interests of the players at heart here but i think it's he's looking for a higher sum uh, for these players across the board at a uniform fashion. Mm-hmm. I think what most kids are going to see is they're going to see, okay, if I boycott this and I'm a third string uh, right guard, sure. And if I boycott this, EA is going to just say, okay, have a good one. Toodles. Yeah. You don't even get your 500. Right. The only players this really, really would affect. Even a Will Anderson type, I don't know if it affects that much. Like, you have to be Caleb Williams right. for EA Sports to say, okay, actually, yeah, we can't have this game without Caleb Williams. Yeah, um, Maybe Drake May, maybe like the top four sure. quarterbacks and yeah. then the top two non-court. Let, yeah, so let's say there's six players yeah. in every single game that they, that this could this could help. Right. Those six, I agree. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Sure. I agree. You, you six, you should boycott. Yeah. And then EA is going to sit down with them. They're going to give them a sum that is much more than $500, mm-hmm. and they will be in the game. The cover athlete, he'll probably get even more. Yeah. And that's going to be it. That's going to be the end of it. Most of those guys that the game can survive without, so the non-top six players with top four quarterbacks baked in there, everyone outside of that, they should take their 500 because it's probably all they will get if they try to boycott. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, I'm all for player empowerment. Maybe Go ahead, try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, I just think that... The only players that really should be boycotting are the ones that EA is going to say, we really cannot release this game without them being in it. And even then, if I know EA and the way that the industry works, they will release that game without them. People will buy it, and they're going to hope those kids come back to the table and say, you know what, put me in there. And if not, if somehow, someway, EA's posturing and stuff past the release date doesn't work out the way it does, EA will then go to the table with them a month after the game comes out and put them in in a roster update. EA is going to take this to the last to yeah. the last resort with anyone that tries to boycott, and eventually a lot of those kids are going to give in and just say, "Hey, everyone else is in there, put me in there." So that's how I see it going. Maybe I'm right. way off. No, I don't think you're way off at all. Or like, yeah, let's say the hypothetical six say, "Hey, we're not going to play unless we get fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars," and EA says, "Well, go fly a kite." Look, I think they did something very similar. We're going in the way back machine here, almost two decades ago. But MVP Baseball 2005, one of my mm. favorite games of all time. Barry Bonds wasn't in that game. This guy by the name of John Dowd, who just happened to be a left-handed hitter and like 99 power and played the same position as Barry Bonds. Didn't look like him. Um, 
but again, as long as the attributes are there, like if you just throw some random looking USC quarterback and call him, I don't know, uh, Bob McSign or something mm. like that. I don't, I'm just looking around the room doing an I love lamp situation here, but like just give him the same attributes as Caleb Williams, yeah. like no one's going to care. Or especially in this day and age where you could just <laughs> upload your own rosters, gee, uh, those six players are going to have players just made for them, maybe like a letter off. I mean, just, yeah. just like that. Also, like, and going back to, like, the old childhood video game days, it's like I was able to name you every single player in every single roster on MLB, NBA, NHL most years mm-hmm. because of video games. Like, right. th- this would hurt anyone that sits this out yeah. minus, like, those six players. And even then, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it would be silly for, like, a starting running back at – Virginia Tech to set it out because I'm worth more than five hundred dollars. Right. It's like, well, I you, you probably are going to lose yourself money in the long run. Yeah. Off NIL. So that that's just me. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. And I know that there's talk that they're not going to have roster sharing because of these NIL issues and oh, stuff boo. like that. Okay. What they will still have is create a player feature, and the people that okay. are really dedicated, okay. the people that really are going to care about imperfections, there's going to be a central list online on operationsports.com. Sure. You go to the forums. It's going to say list of all missing players, and they're going to say use like face number seven. Sure. Um, these are the measurables and someone like myself, someone like you will take the first two days of the game being out and we'll fix all that and we'll, we'll play without it. So I think there's always going to be loopholes here. And, um, I don't, yeah, I just, I don't think the players have the leverage they think they do, but if I'm wrong and they can get more money, good, good for them. Or worst comes to worst, all mascot game. (laughs) <laughs> just all, nothing but the mascots. Fine, you guys don't want our money. We'll, we'll throw Sparty versus the uh, Syracuse Orange up there. Yeah. Let's, let's get nuts. No. Yeah. I'm excited for it, though. Yeah. I, this might drag me back into video games, you know? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. This is going to be electric. Just ignore my obligations, ignore my family, yeah. ignore my job. It's, oh, it's going to be great, but at least I'm going to be sick at the air raid offense. It's gonna yeah. Be awesome. Yeah. Not triple option. We're going to do triple option. Mm, yeah. Okay. Going to be the next coach at Army or Navy or you know whichever it. service academy is yep. running it. You know yeah. it. No, a triple option at Oregon. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, gonna, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna take, now they're going to get down to the I'm just gonna, like the flashiest offense and really just tone it down. <laughs> just, yeah, that's, that, that's what we're going to do here. Hey, that's what, uh, that's what Brent Venables did at, at Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're awesome. <laughs> it's going great over there. Yeah. That's, man. So, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's fill in the blank. Yeah. Is that our show? I believe that is our show, Matt. Well, golly gee willikers, Justin. I guess we did. Excuse my language there. We did. Wow. There we go. Right on the dot, 9 o'clock. Hey, there we go. Easy in, easy out. Yeah. Cool, man. With that, thanks for joining in for this week's episode of the SD for All Show. We had uh, the visit recap from this past weekend, the preview of this upcoming weekend, and next week we'll do the same for the weekend that is about to occur and the weekend that we'll be following. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.